Hello and welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm super pumped that you're here because in this episode, I'm joined by my friend and fellow coach, Beth Wilkes Farocco, and we talk about her journey into fitness, her amazing transformation, her journey into sobriety and how fitness has helped her maintain that, and how her no bullshit approach to fitness inspires so many people. You are not going to want to miss this episode, so grab your coffee, grab your headphones, go on a walk, do your thing, and we will talk to you soon. All right, welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. Today, I am joined with a very special guest, Beth Barocco. And if you don't know Beth, you probably should because she is amazing. She is no bullshit when it comes to fitness and she's overall just a very amazing person. So if you're not following her, you definitely should be. And so Beth, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and where you are now. Yes, hi, my name is Beth Wilkes Farocco and I live in Maine right now, actually. We have a snowstorm here today. Um, where, do, where do I even start? Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We were separated for 20 years and we have a son and I have a stepdaughter. So yeah. And you're homeschooling right now too, huh? Or you just got done homeschooling, right? Yeah, just got done homeschooling. My son was remote schooling. I mean, obviously from March until the summer and then he went back to school and then he was out for like a month and a half, I guess, during the holidays. So he just went back last week. Oh man, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that on the on that same level with homeschooling. It's like trying to juggle homeschooling and coaching, and of course, like our own fitness, right? Like- right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's not easy. It's definitely a juggling act. No, absolutely. You're, you're so right. And it can be tough when it's like life is throwing everything at you at once. And you're like, all right, what do I do? (laughs) Yes. I mean, just the whole like zoom classes from 845 to 315 for him. And then, you know, doing my own computer stuff. So I'm on like phone calls with clients. I have him running down the stairs, mommy, mommy, the zoom, you know, da, da, da. So I'm like, excuse me, can you hold on one second? And then, you know, like, manning the uh zoom upstairs it's it's intense it can yeah yeah i it can definitely be very overwhelming when it's like you're on a client call and then all of a sudden like you hear something in the background and you're like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) you're like this is life or death so one second (laughs) i mean he's upstairs right now and i was like i'm gonna be on a podcast for one hour so if you need anything you need to get it yourself so exactly It's, it's my life now, right? It's like, okay. He knows. He's like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be playing Fortnite. You're like, deal. All right. <laughs> uh, I know Micah just went back to school like three weeks ago. And for those of you listening, my little guy, he has special needs. So he's in like a life skills program. And so they, in our state where we're at, like our county, it's so strange because our our governor has it like divided into counties and like the districts are mm-hmm. able to make up their own mind. And our district just brought back like the students with the highest needs. And like, I found out and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I'm going to have so much, I'm going to have so much more time for activities. Like, (laughs) nice. Thank goodness. Right. Yes. It's been quite the wild ride. Thank you. COVID. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Mm. So can you tell us about your own personal fitness journey and how you got into coaching? Cause you've had a pretty amazing transformation yourself. Sure. It started really when I quit drinking um, six, almost six years ago in August. And what I did was, um, I decided one day I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have got to quit drinking. It was really bad, really, really bad. Like I drove my son and stepdaughter from a barbecue. Like it was like 30 minutes away from my house on like a bottle and a half of wine. And it was our, me and my husband's anniversary. And I don't remember it. And I, but I made it home and, but I woke up the next day, like I could have killed the kids and myself or someone else. And I was like, this has got to stop. So I decided from then on, I went to AA every day for a year. It was right down the street from me. So I could walk to it basically. Um, but I met a girl, her name was Allison and she was starting a boot camp. Um, it was like September at the time. So it was pretty light out, still warm. So we met at 5.30 in the mornings every day um, and like worked out outside. That's how I got into running. We would run. And then after I met her at 5.30, I would go to the meeting. So it was like a boot camp meeting, boot camp meeting every single day. And I had to do that early before 8 a.m. because then I had to be home with my son because he was still barely into preschool at that time. So um yeah so I just did that and what happened was she got a job in another gym and there was a gym that opened up in town right like a couple blocks from my house so I was like you know I'm gonna join that gym so I joined and I was taking classes there and then um my boss who's still my boss right now a really good friend um he's in the mentorship Hunter Hunter Grindle um um, He was like um, looking for someone to work the front desk. So I applied, I got the job and then I got a free membership. So it was perfect, right? And then he was like, you know, what do you see yourself doing in the future? I feel like you'd be a really good coach. Do you want to start interning? And I was like, yeah, that'd be really fun. Absolutely. So I started interning. And at the same time, I was still struggling with my weight. Like I was either like a working out all the time Um, and running and was the same weight for like a year. Nothing was changing. And I noticed that a lot of the people that I was working out with, because it was group classes, were the same. Like they were working really hard. All the ladies were coming in there every single day, but they're like, we can't lose any weight. And I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So I decided to take a nutrition course and get certified. Then I joined the inner circle at the same time and learned so much calorie deficit that, (laughs) aha, I was eating too much healthy food. You're like, and it's one of those where it's just like, it, it's almost like a face palm moment. Like, like, yeah, something <laughs> simple. Like I started tracking calories. I started weighing and measuring my food, which I have never done. And the weight started coming off. And I was like, wow, wow. So that's how it really, it all started. And then, um, you know, the more I was interning, I got certified, um, personal trainer cert. And then I got, um, went to Boston, Massachusetts and did the certified functional strength coach with Mike Boyle. So I got that. And then I'm still teaching classes right now. 
but not as much as I used to because of COVID. I was teaching all the morning classes and uh, now just three days a week, one morning class. And how I got into the mentorship and started online coaching was my dad passed away suddenly when I was 18. My mother was left with everything. So she went bankrupt, she lost the house, we lost everything. And my fear has always been like, what if that happens to my husband? It's like that thing, that childhood trauma, you know? Um, so I was like, I do not want to be left if something happens to him with nothing. So I want to start something for me. So I decided to take the mentorship and start my own coaching business. Then COVID happened. So it was just like, it threw me right into the online coaching. And I wasn't, it wasn't meant to happen this fast, but apparently it did. So, or it was meant to happen. I just wasn't prepared or thought it would happen this quick. It's like, well, so, thank you, life. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It speeds up the process a little bit. And like, yeah. it's incredible how it happens so quickly. And similar to you, I have a very similar experience with losing my dad actually at 18 years old as well. And for him, really? Oh yeah. He was the type one juvenile diabetic who did uh, not take care of his health. Uh, and so having to go through that, you know, my, my driving factor was, I don't ever want my son to have to go through watching their, like his parent be sick. Yeah. So that's what really helped get me into the fitness realm and going to the gym for the first time and, and whatnot. So I can definitely relate to that as well. And yeah. it's, it's so crazy how those, those traumas can present itself the way that they do. Cause it's almost like a blessing in disguise mm -hmm. in, a yeah. sense, in a sense, yeah. like having my son be able to look back and be like, you know, my mom was really healthy. Like that, that's something that I'm, I will take great pride in. Yeah, absolutely. Cause they mirror, they like mirror us, you know, they, they're watching when you don't think they're watching and absorbing all of it. Yeah. They're absorbing all of it. And for my listeners, I don't think on Instagram or really anywhere I've talked about it, but I've actually been sober since March 19th of 2020. That's amazing. During a freaking pandemic. I, well, that was my first thought. I'm like, Ooh. wow, am I crazy? Like literally three days after the shutdown, I'm like, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. Like a very yeah. similar experience where it was my son's birthday and I don't remember it. Yeah. Like I drank two, two and a half bottles of wine. I woke up the next day. Like, how did I get into bed? Yeah. And my amazing fiance just kind of looked at me and said, you know, this is starting to happen more frequently. So yeah. I think that you have a problem and I think it would be a good idea for you to stop drinking because he doesn't drink. So oh, yeah. mine doesn't either. Right. So it's like, exactly. So there's not that extra temptation around. So mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, waking up in, in the bathtub the day or in bed after getting sick in the bathtub the next day, like, yeah, that's a pretty good indicator and not remembering his, his seventh birthday part or not party, but his seventh birthday, right. like that's a good indicator that I needed to stop drinking. Yeah. And thank goodness it was during the pandemic because I couldn't even imagine being in the pandemic, being home every day, not having a gym to go to and being hungover all the time. Yeah. Like no way to live. 
no way. No. no. Yeah, definitely not, huh? Oh. I'm oh, so glad. I, I'm so glad I don't drink anymore. Honestly, like I think I think back, and it's like oh, I'm surprised I survived. There, there were my moments where it was like, oh man, I did what? Like. And, and it's just that unnerving feeling of not remembering or, or not having control of yeah. your mind and your thoughts and your actions. And, and I'm not going to lie, I would get feisty. Like yeah. I, I was a spicy little bitch when I was drunk. And so <laughs> it was one of those where I'm like, ooh, I said what? Like <laughs> no filter, no filter. And that was not oh, a good yeah. Same. I was like one of those drunk posters, you know, and those drunk dial people. Like I would sit in my garage with my cigarette and my, cause that's, I smoked too. I quit smoking and drinking at the same time. So I'd be like, <laughs> and be like, who did I, what did I post? Oh my God. But sometimes like on my time hop on my phone, it'll be like 11 years ago. And I look and I'm like, I said, what? Wow. So <laughs> mortified, like, oh, that wasn't me. That was, that was totally. drunk Beth. Like, yeah. don't mind her. <laughs> oh, yeah. So how has fitness helped you maintain your sobriety, Beth? It just, it's given me a focus, I guess. You know, it just, it really has just helped my mind, um, you know, because like a skin thinking, they call it. Um, the alcoholics. So it's just, you know, I get to put all my energy into something that actually makes me feel good rather than make me feel like shit. Um, and then, you know, now I get to help people. And I think helping people is a huge part of like staying sober for me, at least, you know, it really, it, it makes me super happy that I can help someone else, like become the best person they can be for sure. Absolutely. And I think that you know, for me personally, what I've realized is a lot of the time when I would drink, it was to, it was to mask something that I was feeling that I didn't want to deal with. It mm -hmm. was almost used to numb some shit. I just didn't really want to acknowledge. And the cool thing about fitness and using that as a tool, like as a stress relief and as just kind of a, a mediator towards emotion and just mm -hmm. how to deal with stress was, I was able to channel that energy into something productive and yeah. something that was going to work for me and not against me, especially when, you know, you're in a fat loss phase and, yeah. you know, before I stopped drinking, it's like, oh, well, why am I not losing any fat? Like, or losing any weight? Like, this is ridiculous. And then you think, well, one typical glass of red wine is about 150 calories. And if you're having six of those, <laughs> You know, that's yeah. well over a thousand calories. So and, yeah. And then the munchies on top of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. then you don't, you just don't make good decisions when you're drinking and there's food available. Like yeah. I can't tell people how many times, like I've worked with coaching clients and mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, they're grinding it out. They're eating their fucking chicken and their brown rice and their yeah. broccoli and they're slaving away Monday through Friday. And then Friday evening, happy hour happens. Yeah. Coworkers, they go out, they're ordering drinks, they're getting chili cheese fries or appetizers. Mm -hmm. And they're going overboard because they've deprived themselves all week. Yeah. And then they feel guilty. And then Saturday, they go out to dinner. 
they get dessert turns into the same thing and it's well fuck it i'll start again on monday and you know cue cue repeat cycle (laughs) exactly and i feel like you know i don't know if you feel the same way but like it's like you know people they have sort of it's they use their emotions with food right they use food to mask what's going on like i used alcohol food was never my problem the alcohol was what i used to mask what was going on you know trauma past trauma people dying and you know things i didn't deal with and now i have other tools to use to not drink you know i do other things just like people we try to coach them to do think of other things to do besides grab that eighth box of oreos for the night or you know so it's like they have to also change habits and what they're doing and almost like you know don't do the same thing every night. Uh, you know, don't watch the t- TV at the same time, move, go to a different room. You know, you know, it's kind of related in the same way. Do you find that as well? Oh yeah. I mean, one thing that I've realized with coaching clients is it's, it's all about the behavior Yeah. and what's associated with the behavior. So for me, a lot of the time, like when I have a client who it's like at, at night, they typically overeat. Yeah. I have to look at their day. And a lot of the time, like clients that work with me, they wake up, they have a cup of coffee. They don't eat for a few hours until they're like starving. Then they eat just a little tiny bit of food. And then there's like this chronic hunger throughout the day. They eat dinner and then they go to sit down to watch TV and they grab a bag of chips to bring up them. Then they eat the chips, but then they're still super hungry. Mm -hmm. So it turns into like an almost each night they'll eat in front of the TV and they'll end up overeating. So for a lot of people, believe it or not, I actually like suggest like, don't eat in front of the TV. And if you do bring a serving size, Mm -hmm. so measure out, or, you know, if people have issues with measuring their food, I'll have them, you know, grab one handful of chips, put it in a bowl, put the chips somewhere else in the pantry close it and go sit down. And that is your treat. Like, yeah. Also like clients that eat food in bed, that actually was a personal struggle for me because I really struggled with binge eating along with drinking. They were hand in hand for me. And so I would drink in bed, like have my glass of red wine and then have snacks next to my bed. And so for some people that struggle with that, I'll actually have them have a, like a bright line around that. Like we don't eat in bed or people that struggle with eating, you know, that even if they measure out their food into one serving and they sit on the couch and they're eating, if they get up and get multiple servings, then they only eat at the table. Yeah. So incorporating these new behaviors to combat the old behaviors, like, just like you said, I've definitely found that it's changing those behaviors and integrating new ones and phasing out the old ones. Cause it's very yes. difficult to just say, stop doing that when it's a habit. right. <laughs> yeah. It's like a work in progress. You have to keep practicing. Absolutely. So yep. that's something where I've, I've totally noticed that having to balance out like the one behavior, almost like swapping these behaviors. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's something where the one thing I love about you and your content is that you are total no bullshit fitness. And (laughs) I love that because it's like, yeah, you're going to have to make changes and there's going to have to be some sort of sacrifice in order to lose fat or even to build muscle. 
Yeah. Regardless of what your goal is, there's going to be some sort of sacrifice, whether it's you need to sacrifice watching 45 minutes of your favorite TV show so you can get a workout in, or Mm -hmm. you're going to have to sacrifice some of your favorite, um, like, no, I I don't want to say sacrifice your favorite foods, but you're going to have to put some, some structure around when you have those foods in your diet versus just having them whenever you want. Cause, um, I don't know if you struggle with this, but I feel like sometimes in the flexible quote unquote, flexible dieting space, Mm -hmm. I, I like to call it is we like to talk about having things in moderation, but people don't really understand what true moderation means. Right. Do you find yourself struggling with that sometimes? It's like an either all or nothing mentality. I, I feel like people, they don't understand and it takes a while to figure out, right? Like you have to figure oh. out, okay, fruits and veggies will fill me up. What can I eat that will fill me up? And then what can I have that I love and how can I fit that in? But you can't, you know, it's okay. I think people, it's an all, like I said, all or nothing. Like it's okay to have one donut. You can have another one tomorrow. You don't need five donuts. You can have one, right? Or having a slice of pizza with a salad on the side. You know, just finding that balance, I think is hard for people. I agree. And it's, I, I've noticed as a coach, the hardest, that that's one of the hardest things to combat when it comes to nutrition is the all or nothing thinking, especially if mm-hmm. people are very dogmatic and relig- like almost like religious in their approach. Yeah. And Perfection. I've noticed that's, yeah. Oh, they want to yeah. be perfect. It's like, you're, you don't have to be perfect. Like it's just consistency over perfection, you know, any day. 100%. And I think that's where a lot of people, like when they do like a fad diet or they lose weight really quickly, they think it's actually the diet that has them do that. When in reality, it's just like a consistent calorie deficit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, the excuses and the, the, uh, saying that I can't, and, um, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. I don't have time. It's like, no, you do have fucking time. Like I'm a mom who works you know, it's like, I think it's like, think of a, you know, what is your priority? Is it a priority to you or, or not? If it is, you're going to do it. Like if you want to go to a concert, but it's on a day that you're working, you're going to make sure you get the day off. So do the same thing with your fitness. If you want something, you have to go for it. I think people just want to take the easy way out, but the easy way ends up being the harder way and it's longer. So schedule your workouts, you know, it's okay. Like meal prep, it it gets easier as you do it, but people just don't want to go through the part of learning the process, figuring out what works for them. They just want to go for the quickest, quickest thing. Exactly. And that, and like, I feel like there are a lot of, a lot of people out there who just don't even give it a chance. Right. Like it's, and, and a lot of it, what I don't think, you know, a lot of people understand is there is a learning curve that comes with the process. Yeah. You're going to have to learn. Like I, I get a lot of people who want to learn how to meal prep. And what I have to explain is, you know, they, they get super stoked, which I love. I love it when people are excited about their goals and they're ready to, to, you know, kick ass and take some names. I love mm-hmm. it, but it's very difficult when people really, really want to do it all at one time. And that's where I've noticed as a coach, when I have to say, you know what, and I love your, your tenacity, Mm -hmm. but let's focus on one thing at a time. Let's work on just meal prepping our lunches and taking lunch to work. Like, 
Right. Have you experienced that with people where it's like, they just want to jump in both feet in, let's do it. Let's change my whole life right now. Yeah. And I have to rein them in. It's like, all right, no, (laughs) slow down, slow down. Let's focus on getting more protein this week. Okay. Or let's focus on not being like, you're going to get eight to 10,000 steps a day when they never have walked before, you know, it's like, okay, start with two, like 10 minute walks every day. The next week, add more time, you know, or, you know, if someone has never worked out before, I find that just starting with walking and then starting the strength training has worked because um, doing nutrition and everything at once is too much. That's what I found recently with some of my clients is that, you know, especially if they've never tracked calories, they've never stepped in a gym or even picked up a dumbbell to do all that at one time is it's a lot. So, yeah. And it can be really overwhelming for people. Yeah. And make them want to quit. Like they're like, this is too much, throw their hands up, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And when I was a, like a very young and inexperienced coach, I mean, that, that's kind of how I approach things sometimes. Like I'm going to change this person's life and yeah. we're going to do this all at one time. Let's go. And then like two weeks in, I'm like, wait, why are you stopping? And I realized <laughs> like, oh, duh. Like that was way too much to change at once. And I think a lot of it, like we touched on earlier is changing the behaviors that people have versus, you know, just giving them a meal plan. It's like, you know, if you're not eating enough protein, let's just start there. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just start with getting some more protein in. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had people that are a little, that get semi somewhat frustrated because they want to change their nutrition all at once to see yeah. faster. Yeah. And but, I think that's really tough to combat when you and I both know from experience the more you do one thing at a time and, and gain your footing, the more sustainable it's going to be. How do you, how do you go about explaining that to, a, a, like, let's say a brand new coaching client? Let's see. I'm like trying to think. The first thing that comes to mind is always the scale. For some reason, I don't know why I, I have clients that will, you know, they've been weighing every single day. It's been like a month. They've, they've lost a couple pounds in a lot of inches. And they're like, okay, Beth, I'm going to, I'm going to lower my calories. Like they tell me what they're going to do. And I'm like, cause they want to go down quicker. Right. It's all about that number. And it's like, you have to be like, listen, you just lost this amount of inches. You, uh, you know, you've been doing all these things. You cannot like, do not just lower your calories. And I, you the whole explaining the fat loss is different than weight loss people get obsessed with seeing that number go down. And I feel like they get frustrated, but when they see the actual data, like their photos and their measurements, and you have to like send them to them and be like, this is what you're doing and look at yourself. Like you cannot deny the photos and measurements. And then that's when the light bulb comes out. I think that's when a coach is very helpful because if people don't have coaches, they're just looking at the scale, they give up after two weeks because it didn't go the way they want. They didn't take pictures. They didn't take measurements. So it makes it really difficult. It makes it really, really difficult when, because when it's ourselves, it's very hard to be objective. Yeah. It's, it can be very hard to be objective. And so that is something where I've had to realize, like, I've had to ask clients, I've had people say, well, I've only lost three pounds this month. I'm like, and you're mad. Right. Like, what, what do you expect? And they're like, as soon as I ask, like, well, what did you expect? It's, well, I don't know. And it's like, 
yeah, like, you know, would you rather have not lost three pounds and not lost anything? Well, no, it's like, all right, then you're, you're doing something right. You just got to keep going. You're not going to, you're not going to lose 16 pounds in a month, sis. Like, I think setting an expectation as a coach in the beginning and telling them this is what we're going to do. Like I map it out for my, my client saying, okay, this week we're going to work on this and you're not going to move forward to something else until you've mastered this. And I think that works pretty well with a lot of people because it's about like, okay, I'm going to give you, you're not, you're not going to do anything. Like just do what I say and you don't have to think. So this week let's add veggies. And then I think they get a relief when they hear that they're like, okay, thank you. Like, I feel like they always feel like they have to overhaul the entire diet when it's like, no, we'll start out small or just start out tracking first. Don't even give them a calorie range Just say, okay, listen, I just want you to get used to the app for like a couple weeks, track, see where you're at. And then that kind of brings awareness. So they don't have that focus of a number. They're just, they're learning the app. They're learning about portions. And then, you know, I give them a range between this and this amount and say, okay, as long as you're under that, you're good. So if you, I feel like if you give them a certain amount, they get stressed and want to hit that perfectly. Yes. You oh, know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you say, okay, you're going to eat 1800 calories. And it's like, if they eat 1850, they're like, uh-oh. Yeah. What did I do? I screwed up. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, you're fine. Anywhere between right. 17 and 1900, you're going to be good. Like, yeah. A hundred above or a hundred below. Like, it's okay. Don't worry. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. It can be, it can be really tough. And I wanted you to touch a little bit on, you know, because one thing that I I absolutely love, and if you're to to you listening, you need to go check out Beth's TikTok because it's pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty awesome, Beth. What has your experience been with TikTok? You've gotten... You've gotten quite the little number of followers <laughs> built up from your no BS. I fucking love it. I just, uh, you know, I want to smash the diet industry bullshit. And I feel like there's so much bullshit on TikTok that people listen to. And I've gotten sucked into it. I've been there. I've done keto. I've done intermittent fasting. I've done it all. I've taken CLA, you name it. I'm the queen of like freaking lemonade. Uh, what is that? lemonade diet. I did that for like 14 days and drank lemonade and syrup. So I, you know, it's like when you see this stuff and you know that it's bullshit, you just, it makes me like, it gets a fire up in my ass, I guess, if you can say. So that's when I, I kind of like go on there to bust the bullshit and just help people to get to their goals quicker without suffering and to maintain it and not have to do it again and again and again and again for years like I did, you know? So I just, I want the, the best for everyone out there, basically. Yeah, I love your approach to it too. Like, cause people on TikTok, they can be a little ruthless. Mm-hmm. They can be a little ruthless. And that, that's been kind of that, that nerve wracking factor for me on there. Like, holy crap. like you know, these, these people are, and then some of them, of course, are trolls, you know, there are a lot of like young oh, yeah. on TikTok and whatnot, but yeah, you know, that's one thing that I love about your page is that it's very, uh, it's very like, listen, you want to lose weight. You need to be in a calorie deficit point blank period. That's it. And yeah. I think it's so much, um, of what people need to hear and same with your Instagram. I mean, that, 
like your pages are just absolutely phenomenal for anybody listening that wants that, you know, that no bullshit approach. Cause you're also a very empathetic and caring. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like, I've had people, you know, um, when I've hopped on the phone with them are like, are you the same way or, as you are on TikTok?" And I'm like, well, I mean, pretty much, but not like, I'm not like F bombing through our conversations or, <laughs> and that most of them are like, well, I want you to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not that different, but I really don't, you know, say fuck you and fuck that. And, um, <laughs> Even though sometimes uh, it's a little fun. It's fun to be spicy sometimes. I try to have fun because um, I don't know. It's just, it's me personally. I mean, I'm an old, like I, I bartended in LA at the dive bars there. So, I mean, I have this like, I, I don't even know what you can say. This spice. My brother's an actor. Um, so it's, it's in my genes. I love be, it. To be a little dramatic, I guess you can say. I don't even know the word, but... <laughs> Yeah. And the people, the comments give me, they don't, people don't even know, like the comments that I get are my material. Like, that's like what I talk about. It's like, if you're going to throw something, like some people are like, you know, you're so this and this and this, I could never want you as my coach. It's like, all right, let's make a video and talk about this. So (laughs) I love your reply videos though, because some of them, like they are just flat out funny. rude too. It's like, I'm on here not to make money. I really, I'm, I'm here to help people because that's what I love to do. So I'm not selling you keto, whatever drinks and Herbalife or wraps. I'm just telling you no bullshit what works because I've been through it. And it's like, you know, I would just want to make sure that you're not falling for the bullshit because it's really simple. It's not easy, but it's really simple. That is, that is so true. And I mean, I fell for the bullshit for a long time. I remember, like, it's so funny because I, <laughs> I often forget about the raps. Like, do you remember the yeah. brand? Saran wrap shit. And <laughs> I've done it. I remember the first time I did that, like, it was a friend of mine. And, I, and I'm really, I, it's really sad that I say the first time because I did it multiple times. I'm like, ah. oh my God, I look so smooth. <laughs> like, I lost so much belly fat. Exactly. It scorched it. No. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, people are legit scorching their bellies on TikTok. Have you seen that yet? Shut up. What? I swear to God. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That's, that's a new fad. People are scorching their bellies with like, um, they're on a table. They have this uh, um, towel with, I don't know what's on it. And it's on fire. I'm not kidding. Front door. I've had seen people do some stitches to it, some coaches. And they're like, this is what it's, this is what people are, are amounting to. And that's what's scary to me. It's like the diet culture is what people will do for money is very fucked up and taking advantage of people and their emotions, you know? Oh, and that's, yeah. that's something about like the diet culture that I think that a lot of people, when, when coaches like us get fired up about something mm-hmm. and we are passionate about it, and where, where it can come off as abrasive passion. That's the good word. That's I'm yeah. passionate. Yes. Yes. Like, I, I don't think people realize the reason why we get passionate about this kind mm-hmm. of stuff is because not only have we done a lot of it, I mean, I'm, I've never set my belly on fire and I don't plan to ever, but people don't realize that there can be consequences to the actions. Like yeah. 
whether that is doing physical harm to yourself, whether it's developing an eating disorder, whether it's putting yourself just in harm's way in general. Like I did a, a podcast with Iris from the IC. Yes. yes. I have done the HGG diet. I did 500 calories a day Fuck, man. and took HCG. My husband now was like, this was really like maybe nine or 10 years ago. I can't believe I did that. And it's like, I look back and like, that is insane. I was eating like broccoli and like, I think steak was my only meal or something. It was horrific. Yeah. And the things that people and like that I have had to put myself through, I mean, I was taking hormone injections through my doctor and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then like to see people on TikTok, like doing this shit. And not only that, either like there are like the, the crowd on TikTok is quite younger. So you're having women that are in their very early twenties or even their teens, like subjecting themselves to this shit. It's scary. I've had some 12 year olds message me and I had to tell them, listen, you, you do not need to be worrying about this. Like, stop. Like someone like uh, posted, you know, I want to, um, my calorie deficit is eight, 800 pounds or 800 calories. And I was like, how old are you? And she deleted it. And then I went to her profile and it was a kid. I was oh like, my gosh. fuck man. Really? And, and that's so sad that like little kids are subjecting themselves to this diet culture when, it's yeah. like, when the only thing they should be focusing on is just learning how to eat more nutritious foods. Like they shouldn't be yeah. worrying about calories. They shouldn't be worrying about their weight. They should be out at the playground, having fun, totally. free sun, like enjoying their carrot sticks. Like you don't need to be worrying about weight loss at all. Oh at my all. gosh. It is really scary. And I'm sure I haven't even tapped into even what's out there right now. You know, I'm sure there's like a lot more that I haven't seen. Yeah, that it's scary. It's, it's a really sad culture, the diet culture that we had. And I also did a, um, a podcast. Well, I mean, in, in Iris and I's podcast, you know, we talk about that, that binge and restrict cycle, how it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it can be so damaging in, in really all aspects, mentally, physically, emotionally, and you know, the, the hardest part of being a coach is seeing it happen to people yeah, and wanting to be able to help them, but them not being ready to be helped. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably one of the most difficult things too. And I, I know that, you know, there's so much out there that, you know, people I've, I've noticed someone in the mentorship had posted something about people, uh, dogging on the calorie deficit now, like in counting oh. calories. And I'm like, oh man, like the intuitive eating, intuitive eating thing. Oh man, the intuitive eating. And you know, I get people are starting to think that intuitive eating is a fucking diet and it's not a diet. Yeah. Even people think calorie deficit is a diet. I'm doing calorie deficit. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, it's not a diet. It's actually the scientific way how everyone loses weight. Everybody, like whatever you're doing, if you're in a deficit, scientifically, you will lose weight. It's not a fucking diet. Exactly. It's ah. like, oh, it's the craziest part about like <laughs> our culture around food is it's like, wait, calorie deficit is the basis of all diets. Like right. paleo, calorie deficit, keto, calorie deficit. I got mm-hmm. in, I got into a, I don't want to say argument because it wasn't an argument, but it was a discussion on Facebook with someone. And they're like, no, this is wrong. Like you know, calorie deficit isn't the way to go. Like I was eating 
really healthy foods and I changed my, these behaviors and I lost weight. And I'm like, so you eliminated the hyper palatable foods that are typically more calorically dense mm-hmm. and you integrated more high volume, low calorie foods that are again, low calorie. Tell me more how calorie deficit did not work for you. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. Uh, I love that you're able to break it down in a way that is very easy for people to understand. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm not the scientific. If you notice, I will not sit there and talk about like the Krebs cycle or, you know, shit like that. Like I'm not that coach. I like to talk to people like a person, not like I'm in a class, you know, <laughs> I can, I can relate better to the realistic chat than like someone on there talking about each uh, phase of protein and whatever. I mean, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, but (laughs) different types of protein or how your body metabolizes protein to turn it in like, yes, like just get to the point. What is it good for? Why the fuck do I need it? And how much do I need? That's all you need to know. Like, Exactly. And do you ever feel like, I know that me, like, like, I'll I'll be completely honest, like sometimes as a coach, I almost feel like I have to like explain things that way for Mm -hmm. people to think that I'm credible. When in reality, it's like, if I explain it that way, you're not even going to fucking understand. Right. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll ask more questions after you actually do that. And it gets to be so intense. You're like, I shouldn't even opened this door that I just went into. Exactly. Like Pandora's box of protein. Like for re- Yeah. For real. It's like, holy shit, man. Now I'm going to have to get my fucking nutrition book out for this answer. Exactly. Like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. People just keep it simple. I was always told by like all the coaches that I've mentored is like, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Like you don't have to sit there and explain scientifically everything because people just don't, they don't understand it and it doesn't, it doesn't sink in. So. No, and, and I think a lot of the time when people want those, like, what I've noticed is when people really want those scientific explanations, it's typically because they have found an article or some sort of quote unquote research about mm-hmm. this diet that they're now interested in. And they're trying to prove their bias by using the scientific information that they found on freaking google.com. Right. Like trying to prove me wrong, basically, about calorie deficit or whatever I'm talking about, because you know, there's got to be some other thing out there that's better. I know there has to be, you know, there's, there has to be some magical unicorn in, in nutrition and fitness to get you to where you want to be the fastest. Right. <laughs> right. And the, the one that kills me, the number one thing that is really um, hard for me to see is when I try to tell people, take your goal weight, multiply that by 12. That is your calorie deficit to start. They fucking lose their shit. That is too much food every single time. That is too many calories. Oh yes. No, no, it's not. Do you understand that you're actually probably eating twice that much right now? So what would you say? Oh, and I, I love this one because this, this happened to me the other day. Uh, when I, I had posted, uh, my TikTok, I posted the choices. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. Nope. And of course it's like, okay, like carbs make you fat. No, that's not true. Okay. Strength training will build muscle. Yes, that's true. I had somebody that had literally told me like, this is incorrect. And I'm like, oh, how so? Like they, they DM me, I'm like, how, how so? Well, skinny teas do help you detox. And I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, we are not having this argument. Like, uh. 
It's and that it makes it so difficult because again, like we're in such a convoluted industry. Mm-hmm. And the same person had 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 said, like, well, no, I I worked with a coach that tells me that I'm not losing weight because I'm not eating enough. And I'm like, excuse me? Like eating enough what? Like you're not losing weight because you're not eating enough what? Well, I'm not eating breakfast and I'm not, I'm only eating like a granola bar for lunch and I'm eating this. And I'm like, oh boy, did you mm-hmm. like, do you, how do you know you're not getting this food? Are you tracking all of it accurately? Right. Like what's going on? And so what would you tell a client who came to you and said, I'm not losing weight because I'm not eating enough? I would, you know, first have them track everything they're eating or send me photos of everything they're eating and we'll, you know, go from there. There are times, you know, when someone is really like legit, like eating so low that their metabolism has adapted, but that's very rare. You know, I've even talked to Kim Schlag about this. She's like, most people do not need a reverse diet. And also other people, people think reverse dieting is a fucking diet. When all it is, it's going to maintenance, you know? So it's like, I think most people are super unaware of how much food they're actually eating and they have no clue because they're not really tracking it. They say, I'm eating, I'm only eating 1200 calories. It's like, really? Let's see. So track it, write everything down and, or take a photo and send it to me. Nine times out of 10, they're fucking having like a pizza or super salty stuff and always eating out. So they have no clue really how much they're eating. It's super highly caloric foods with not a lot of volume. So to them, they're not eating a lot, but they're taking in a lot of calories. That's a perfect way to describe it. You know, that's the, yeah, right? Perfect way to describe it. Cause what I've noticed too, is I've, I've had people, it's like, well, I had a salad for lunch. Okay, what kind of salad did you have? Well, we were at, we were we went out to eat for my lunch meeting, and I had a salad. I'm like, oh, okay, so you had a 1500 calorie salad, right? Right. You know, because we all know that like restaurant. Like, I remember oh. going to the Cheesecake Factory with my fiance's uh, family. They were in town visiting, and his mom wanted to go to the Cheesecake Factory. This was a couple years ago, and I remember opening up the menu, and they list the calories on there. Yeah. And I open up the menu and I look at like their Italian chopped salad or something like that, or their, I'm sorry, their Cobb salad. And it was like 1600 calories. It's insane. And it was the same amount of calories as like a burger and French fries. And I'm like, well, on one hand I can eat a 1600 calorie salad and okay, maybe get some, some nutrient dense food, but also the peanuts, the blue cheese dressing, all of this other stuff. Or I can get what I really want to get, which is the same amount of calories. Actually, I think it was like a hundred calories less mm-hmm. and just fucking enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it's, it's awareness is key. And a lot of, most people are just totally unaware. Some even don't know what a calorie is or where to even find a calorie. Like uh, I had someone ask me, where do I find the calories for foods? It's like, look on the side of the box. A lot of people just have no idea that it's actually listed right there, serving sizes and all. Exactly. And, and the serving sizes is a big deal too. Like a lot of people don't like, they'll pick up like a, like a bag of chips, like a little mini bag, like that you get at the Mm -hmm. store and they look at the calories and it says something like 210 and it's, there are two servings. Right. 
Yeah. So in reality, like they think they're eating 210 calories, but they're eating 420 calories. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so crazy to think that, you know, people are, are so unaware. And I mean, I guess it's yeah. not crazy to think considering it's a very easy thing to be unaware. Right. But I mean, I feel like just bringing that awareness to our coaching clients is so important. And then yeah. just bringing it to the general public, you know, on TikTok, like you're doing amazing work there. Same with Instagram, like, you know, and I'm so grateful that there are so many other coaches like you and Jordan and Susan and, you know, the other coaches in the mentorship that are able to provide valuable information like this, because yeah. it's so needed to combat. I mean, it's just a small group trying to combat a, a much bigger problem. It, it, right. It, it's like, we're fighting a war. I feel like. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the I diet still, culture war. I still cannot get over that people are literally scorching their bellies. Yeah. I will, I will forward that to you if I find it again. Um, yeah, it's pretty insane. I just, that, that makes me, that also makes me very sad. It's really sad. Like really that. Sad. And, and like the cool sculpting I've also seen, like people are like rubbing like this, uh, shaking their belly like this. Like, Oh my God. Did you see that yet? The one, the guy that was like blah, 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 to that one girl. I've and seen that. And was, I've seen the like ab machine that people are like buying oh. and putting like, and that's like a, like almost like, a, like an electronic, like stimulator yes. mm -hmm. to get abs. And I'm like, Oh Lord. Like, yeah. no, this is all made in the kitchen. You guys like, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Beth, are you ready? for five rapid fire facts about you. Sure. All right. So you have 10 seconds to answer the following oh, question. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, what is your favorite food? Oh, is my favorite food? Um, I love pizza. I do. Pizza. Who bacon, bacon pizza. Oh, best of both worlds. That's what I'm about. What is your favorite exercise? I love me some deadlifts. I do. The not trap bar, the trap bar deadlift. Trap bar. Not conventional. Um doesn't work for me most times, but I a good trap bar deadlift. Yes. Oh, I love the trap bar deadlift. Mm -hmm. That is a good lift. But you and I both, we we neither one of us like the squat, huh? Oh, I fucking hate squats. I Gosh. literally hate and hate when I have, they're programmed every month and I can't stand it, but I do it. Yeah. I mean, I do them, um, but it's like, I, uh, we're, I think we're the same height. So we I'm both five, have seven. long arms. Yeah. I, I have eight. a curvature in my lumbar spine. So my back goes like this, you know, a little bit on the bottom. So if with deadlifts, I always, you know, throw my hip off. It's just because it's my body mechanically. I can't get the form correct. You know, they're super amazing. It's like a deadlifts are, I suggest everyone do them. But for me personally, it just doesn't work. So I found the trap bar is the best. And I feel like squats. I, I just, I can never get my form right either. Um, I can't go deep enough. And I know my, you know, it's my hips. I tight hips again and my ankles. So I hear that but for me with squats, it's like, I am so like gluten hamstring dominant that mm -hmm. my hips always rise first, which puts so much pre like it's yeah. stresses a lot on my lower back and I'm long. So I have long arms, long legs, long torso. And yep. 
like having a long body is not conducive for squats. No. Box squats though. Yeah. Are good. I love box. I do love a good box squat, but other than that, no. Yeah. I I would do box squats over regular squats any day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Beth, who or what inspires you? Hmm. You know, Jordan Syatt fucking inspires me. He really, he's been my mentor since I started fitness. I have to say, like, I connect with him. I feel like his personality and mine are a lot of alike. So I just, everything he says, I feel it. It's like, you know, I just, I love him. So you're you're the, you're the next lady Joe, you know? (laughs) 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 No, I, I love Jordan too. He is like my, he's my favorite. He just, you know, I watch his story and he's just funny. Yeah. Like this new thing that he's doing where he's taking pictures of himself on the toilet. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what would my mom, like my mom asks me what I do for work. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's hilarious. And like rollerblading through New York city. It's funny as hell. In the snow. Like what? (laughs) He's funny. He's a funny dude. He is a funny guy and so smart and just so humble. Like that's one thing that I love about him is that he's, he's a very humble person as well. Totally. Yep. He came to my, he came to my gym and did a seminar in Maine. What? Yeah. I mean, he put out a post, I think it was 2009, 2019, a story. And it was like, if you want me to come visit your gym, you know, DM me. So I called my boss Hunter and I was like, call or DM Jordan right fucking now. He's going to come to, to hybrid fitness. That's where I work. And he did. He messaged me. He's like, I know you had everything to do with this. You're like, maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, um, he spoke at the gym and it was really fucking cool. My boss had these t-shirts made with like a wizard hat and Jordan on it. And so when he walked in, everyone had that shirt on. It was pretty awesome. That is amazing. I at, like, that is fucking awesome. It was a, I, uh, Jordan riding a unicorn with a wizard hat on. <laughs> I'm sure he really appreciated those shirts. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Are you going to be going to the, uh, I mean, hopefully it's either this year or next year, the inner circle retreat. I'm supposed to, but I think it's canceled. So they're sending our money back. Ah, fuck. Yeah. I went to the first one. That was awesome. That I really, really want to go. I I heard that it's absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. All right, Beth, what is your favorite binge worthy TV show? Oh, you know what I used to binge on is Ozark. Shit's Creek too. Shit's Creek is I can watch that over and over again. But I love Shit's Creek. I've never seen Ozark. Oh, you need to. I, oh I've been God. told by so many people I need to watch it. Jason Bateman is awesome. I love Jason Bateman and anything he does yeah. anyway. So I definitely need to. But Shit's Creek, oh my gosh. Like the character development in that movie or in that show. Yeah is just like, I, I used to, I could not stand David and Alexis in the beginning. And then just, you grow to just love them. Oh, totally. Right. right. Oh, I'm just, I love it. I absolutely love it. And Beth, what are you the most proud of? What am I the most proud? I think staying, becoming sober and staying sober and creating my own business, um, which I have, oh, I, I, I've done before, but not in this way, like completely on my own. And really, I really, really love what I do. I think um, I have always done stuff that I didn't really love. 
and finding what you love is like, has changed my life basically. Well, and I know it's changing other people's because you are I hope so. I hope so. coach. I know oh, that thanks, Brooke. Fact, Thank my friend, if you could go back to the very beginning of your fitness journey of hell, even your sobriety, what advice would you give yourself? To not be so hard on yourself. I think like everyone, I wanted everything to happen fast. And then to enjoy the journey because there really never is a destination. Like I have really come to find that out. Like you can have a focus and a goal, but once you head to that, get to that goal, there's going to be something else, you know, always like searching, not that I'm searching, but you always, you become better and better and better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people, they get in their mind, like, this is my ultimate goal. And then when they get there, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. But now I want something else. So mm -hmm. I think that, and, and I think it's so important for people to remember that our goals can change. Yeah. Like our goals can change. We can lose fat and get there and be like, wow, you know, I did it. This is amazing, but I want to build muscle. And you've been through mm -hmm. a fat loss and a muscle build phase and yeah. it's just so amazing. And, and I think that it is so important for people to realize that, yeah, like your goals change and you can't be hard on yourself throughout right. the process. Like, yeah. It doesn't do anybody any justice either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I uh, first started like running and stuff, I was tr always trying to be something that I wasn't. I would get upset if I wasn't running an eight minute mile like my friend was who was doing track since high school. You know, it's like, no, you have to start where you are and, and be okay with that and get better and work at it towards time. Instead, I was like trying to be faster than I was. I got injured, you know, get plantar fasciitis, shin splints. And so I think it's important for people to know that it's okay to go slow and to start where you are. Absolutely. Comparison is the thief of joy. When you start, yes. when you start comparing your own journey to someone else's, and this is something that I've noticed a lot with coaching clients, like, oh, well, Debbie in my office, she lost eight pounds in a month and I've only lost four. It's like, well, you're not fucking Debbie. So, right. and Debbie's probably really hungry all the time. Like, <laughs> like fuck Debbie. Like she's probably a wonderful person, but you do not need yeah. to compare yourself to her. Like, totally. yeah, that's the thing. Comparison. It's, it's horrible. And I still, you know, find myself doing it. It's kind of constant work in progress. It's all, and, and, and that's so important to acknowledge is that we are always a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Like. I've even had like former clients like reach out to me and be like, wait, I remember when you gave me a nutrition plan. I'm like, yeah. And I was also a dipshit of a coach back then. Like, yeah. <laughs> or didn't know better, you know, in, in reality, I made a post about that last night on Instagram. Like, you know, when we're, when we're inexperienced in young coaches, yeah. you know, we, we do things that we think, you know, it's in the best interest of the client, but sometimes it's not always the best fit. So, right, right. Yeah. And everyone is a beginner. I think everyone needs to know that, you know, everyone is like, don't look at someone and be like, I want to be like that. But they, they were a beginner at some point, you know, oh. just like, yeah. And the journey's never going to be smooth. It's going to, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs mm -hmm. and, and it's so important for so many people to realize that and understand it. So yeah. I have totally loved having you on my podcast today, Beth. Thank you. Thank so, you so, so much. much. Thank and you. When we, when we visit Maine, 
we got to come see you. Uh, yes, please, please do. Absolutely. And if you're ever in the Seattle area. <laughs> yeah, I will hit you up. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Girl, thank you so much. It's I been will so talk to so you fun. soon, my friend. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because Beth is just such an awesome person and I'm so excited that you got to get to know her a little bit. If you'd like to know more, all of her links are in the description below, her Instagram, her TikTok, her website. So go check those out. It was such a pleasure having her on this episode. And if you want to leave a review, that would be super helpful. Until next time, talk to you soon. Thank you.